0: What would you like to share with listeners today? Other ways of responding to harm. Liber- liberation.
1: Liber- this sound shield that you could take with you to protest. <laughs>
0: Collaborative dialogue. Demystify the process. Liber- 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 liberation loops. Hi, my name is Carly Beck and you're listening to Liberation Loops, a series that has been created and produced from both my bedroom and from the 3CR studios on the lands of the Wurundjeri and the Boon Wurrung peoples of the Kulin Nation. This is a series that dives deep into people's practices to challenge the criminal legal system. And through this series, I hope to discover in what ways people are already addressing violence in our communities, and in what ways people are learning to heal from harm. On today's show, you're going to hear a conversation that I had with Nawa Nightshade. Nawa is a herbalist, somatic coach, death doula, and community organizer. Our healing practice is centered on anti-oppressive praxis works to address systemic harm informed by decolonial activism on the front lines, with respect to all who have fought and lost their lives for collective liberation. And a content warning for listeners, this conversation does include content regarding childhood sexual assault and rape. Thank you, Nawa, for joining us on 3CR today. Awesome. Thanks
1: so much, Carly, for having me.
0: Can you first start off by telling listeners a bit about the work that you
1: do okay yeah um well i i feel like i do a lot of things um and i'm definitely still like waiting for that to kind of like keep melding into this one more seamless thing but basically um i'm a practicing herbalist um I am a practicing somatics coach, and I do death work as well, um, and yeah, and I do that on a really community-based level, um, really responding to um, on-the-ground resistance work as well, so I, I do coach a lot of, um, you know, people on the ground, and I am on the ground a lot as well. Um, yeah, that's, that's, so. It's really kind of like a, you know, that meme that talks about that, like, what kind of, um, social justice activist you are. I really feel like I'm not like social justice mage type thing.
0: <laughs> Can you talk about what movement building work you do?
1: Mm, yeah. Um, so yeah I think when when I was really asking myself you know what what kind of authentic um activism looked like and how to really sustainably movement build that question that really came up was who who are my people and I started organizing with some Asian activists and organizers, and in Nam I do it with Triple A, the Anti-Colonial Asian Alliance. And the work that we do is um, basically supporting targeted and vulnerable and oppressed groups to self-determination. So it's really solidarity work. Um, We work really closely with indigenous groups, with um, asylum seekers and refugees, um, and just targeted migrants as well. So, right now, uh, there's Migrante Melbourne, which is a Filipino activist network that's doing Demayan Migrante. So, they're doing mutual aid specifically for targeted Asian people and Filipino people. Me and some friends have have organized to support more of those at risk communities. And so, uh, we created this group called BIPOC Talking Wellness um, as a way of reclaiming, you know, our own, our own wellness and our own peace of mind um, back from kind of like this whitewashed, super capitalistic form of like, you know, white woman yoga wellness. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, through that, we actually kind of really think of ourselves as well as like we have like this mascot of like the Care Bears that it's like it's just like super soft and you know like just yeah like almost like you're just a kid and you know like this the little kid parts of you are are allowed to be in this space and and to nourish those parts um, and so we've created Spaces for for BIPOC to really um, receive care in that way, and so we've been doing um, workshops and you know care circles to support um, people in the community who, in in all their different ways, do um, solidarity work. It might be through art. It might be through direct action or whatever, um, yeah, but also to, to nourish and come back to ourselves. Um, another kind of way that we do do community care is um, through funding. So right now we have an indi- uh, Indigenous seed fund for um, some Indigenous activists and organizers in the community just needing some extra support, like with rent and bills, uh, this was obviously before COVID-19, so, it, yeah, it, but we do just want to have a seed fund as well so that anyone can access it, even outside of an emergency, and we kind of really do it in, like, a no-questions-asked way. It's like we're not here to police or be a charity. It's really just um, collectivizing our resources. Um so that people who, like, whose land that we're on, you know, can can just access something straight away.
0: And Nawa, you also do a lot of individual one-on-one work um, and also group work from where you're living now. Um, can you tell listeners a little bit about that work?
1: Yes, yeah, so that's really interesting, actually, because um, before I got sick, I... I, my trade was a gardener so I used to have like really active physical work and and then I contracted Ross River virus which you guys don't know it's like a it's a mosquito virus kind of like dengue um and it it gives you chronic fatigue and like arthritic joints um and so I I literally had to stop that and it took me a couple of years of like okay trying like less physical work but still kind of active work in like hospitality and retail but even then my body was still too sick to do that and it really forced me to, um, to take my, my healing work which I never wanted to monetize um, but it forced me to really look at how that was an avenue for me to, um, to to do my work, and so, so yeah, that really came up because I'm no longer able to do like like physically strenuous activity for work, and so I do a lot of my consultation, you know, on the phone or online, um, and I do do in person sessions as well, and obviously that's not even strenuous, so so that's kind of how. That came up, so so basically, just kind of like the really, you know, sacred and and sporadic internal healing training that I did with 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 plants and somatics, um, and and that pressure to um, create work out of it had really burst me doing this for the community more, and so. Uh, yeah, that was really in in response to, again, how, you know, when we do just, like, frontline organizing or community care work, um, how how those are draining. And so, by caring for ourselves, that allows it to be nourishing, but it still didn't address, you know, how... We have these deeply embedded oppressive patterns that we've inherited from generations of colonization, assimilation, and othering, um, and so it kind of became like a, a pathway for like decolonizing our minds, our spirits, and our bodies um, that go, you know, beyond just caring for each other. And so, through plant medicine and somatics and the doula arts, um, yeah, I found that those were really um, natural and almost ancestral ways to connect with with our ancestral bodies, to connect with our ancestral spirits, and to connect with this ancient land that we're all settling on, um, you know, on a, in a violent occupation. And... With this work, it's it's really it's really safe and gentle work. So I always work with really accessible, gentle plants that are probably growing in everybody's backyard. Um, and I believe that that's part of the medicine as well is being with the land that we're on. And so if we do have a small backyard that's all paved and maybe there's just tiny cement cracks to really meet those plants and see the vitality of this plant growing through the concrete and you know it might just be one or two or three of those plants in your whole place but that's some pretty strong vitality to crack through rock um and to make medicine from that it can even be vibrational medicine where you're not even taking the plant um which, yeah, which can be really, um, it feels really colonizer as well to just take. But really for, like, meeting the plant as an equal and getting the medicine that it wants to give. So maybe if there's only one of it, then we just put some water next to it and leave it for four hours, either under the sun or over the overnight under the moonlight and see if that gives us anything. Or if we have, like, a whole field you know, of of wildflowers in our backyard and actually making tinctures out of that. Um and so yeah, this 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 type of work is really it's it's really gentle and slow, almost subtle. Um but I feel like it really is in relationship with the earth and, and with the land that we're specifically on, which yeah, which definitely feels you know, less cakey, less entitled to, and also builds, yeah, like a respectful relating that will then go beyond into other relationships, into how we relate with our housemates, with our neighbors, with, yeah, with other people that we might not have anything in common with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then, and then with doula work, that really came because, um, both of my parents died a year apart from each other, um, and maybe two years before that, my grandmother died as well, and, and there was something that opened in me, uh, in their dying process that I realized had been taken away from, you know, from our general culture that's really, like, uh, like almost like anti-dying it's like really um it's in denial of death and uh it's all about not dying you know like words like fighting cancer or like um beating yeah like beating illness and you know like sickness and and death are really part of this cycle and and when we connect to our own different cultural heritage, you know, we all have different stories about, about death. And, and I think training to be a doula really connected me with, with my own ancestral ways and relationships to death that I found really healing and, and really informative and in, in how we relate to the world as living beings because of these, like, mythologies about death. Yeah, and so kind of really creating spaces for, like, the reclaiming of our own cultural death practices to, yeah, as a way of empowering um, our own decolonization work. Mm -hmm.
0: Nawa, what experiences have led you to do this healing work?
1: Um... Yes, yeah, so that's a lot. Um, I'm a survivor of childhood sexual assault um, and also a survivor of family violence, um, domestic abuse, and rape. And um, in, in really uh, being forced to, to heal that trauma, you know, it took me a long time. It was it was definitely many years of, of denial and, and like, fighting for high functionality without ever confronting my trauma. Um, but as I did, I really saw how these issues weren't just, like, individual things that happened to me personally, but how they're really systemic. And that by engaging in healing myself, um... That that's engaging in, in the healing of my people, you know, in, in other, in other, um, yeah, in, in the collective healing of, of everyone who is harmed by domestic violence, by family violence, by pedophilia, by rapists, by, you know, um, and how all of these systems really cultivate and, and perpetuate, um, perpetrators to get away with these things and to have the resources um to enact these things. Um and so yeah, I I've really dedicated this healing work to be of a collective transformation. Um and, and that when we do that we're really coming from that place, then we really get to know our own self-determination. And that's why it's so important to allow other groups to do their own healing work and to self-determine what's right for them. Um, And as we do that, to really encourage, you know, passing on and sharing that knowledge with our communities so that we can all create that culture and thrive together. Um, yeah, that we can build a culture of caring for each other while we resist oppressive structures and support Black and Indigenous people to build a world without colonial and state violence, without capitalism, and without the cis hetero patriarchy that we're all stuck with right now.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that with listeners now. And would you like to share some um, tips for listeners on creating our own healing resources?
1: Yeah, totally. Um, So uh, these are all really simple tips and they kind of cover a lot of things that I talked about already. So the first one is just sitting with the earth um, and waiting to have an experience with them and so you know sitting there with the earth might encourage you to roll around on the ground and that might be like really weird but almost really listening to the pull of your body and and what it's leaning towards so if you're sitting there and you kind of feel a rock or you know like or that you're being magnetized closer to the earth, allowing that body to kind of drop and follow it and, and just keep following it. And then it might turn into a roll, or, you know, it might be like a spark and, and you might look up at the sky and climb up a tree. Um, but really this kind of earthing is to have this somatic experience and, and, Soma means of the body, so to to really have an embodied experience with the living world, and allow it to tell you something, you know how when you're just like watching the grass, and maybe like a butterfly floats past and and feel something from that, that's, that's, that's what I mean by like allowing them to tell you something, it's like, it doesn't have to be a cognitive thing, it can just be a feeling, and and when you do these things, it actually is a centering practice. So, so this first tip is for you to find and build your own centering practice. Um, the second one is to meet a plant. So find a plant in your backyard that's calling out to you. You know, maybe you thought it was annoying because it was growing right in that spot that. Um, that trips you or something. And, yeah, to just meet it. Don't go straight into, into finding out its name. Even. Just really... Because names are... Like, what are names, you know? And these names are mostly in English, too, and that's not my mother tongue. Um, so to really just meet, you know, this plant as an equal, and it's spirit-like. It's like spirits connecting. Um, and it might want you to taste it, you really won't harm yourself by, you know, chewing on like one leaf of a plant without knowing what it is. And if it feels like, it, you know, if your body is telling you not to swallow it, then you can just spit it out and that's totally fine too. Um, yeah, but when you taste it, it's like seeing... Noticing what you're what you're getting from chewing it, maybe it's like giving you a lot of saliva and turning on your digestive system, or maybe it's um yeah, maybe it's really like hypnotic and calming the mind. Um, yeah, and just kind of like build your own like herbal resource through direct relating with the plants that are growing with you. Mm. Um, and then from there, then, like, going on the internet and learning about it, and and I swear, you'll be surprised how similar your experience are with what the internet will tell you. Um, and, you know, one day the internet will be gone <laughs> as well. So this is really us, you know, taking... Our knowledge back into our own hands and creating our own healing resources. So, you know, the Internet might share with you how to make medicines with it. So really experimenting with different ways of making medicines and building your own apothecary. And and that can be a resource that you can share with your neighbors and your friends, Um, especially if there's seasonal medicines as well. Um, Yeah, that can just be really nice. Um, my third tip is similar to plants, it's to meet your body. Um, and so we can look in the mirror and just really, you know, from like an observer kind of perspective or in like a be your own herbalist kind of way, like look at the look at the health of our skin. You know, is our skin pale? Is it dry? Um uh, yeah, is it blotchy? Is it really red? Um, looking at the health of our hair um, or our nails as well. So, um, you know, if you like to wear a nail polish, you can leave one one nail um, not painted. Um, and it can be a good way of just checking your 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 blood health and your iron levels so you just pinch your nail bed right now and just see how quickly the color comes back to it then that's really great but if it takes you know one to three seconds to come back then that could indicate like a sluggish circulation or even low iron levels Um, you can also get to know your tongue so the tongue is such a great resource (laughs) For checking your own um, health. Um, A really easy one is if your tongue is scalloping on the edges kind of like curling up almost like it would make you think that your teeth are kind of you know crunching down on your tongue. That could be an indication of uh, low B12 levels as well. So the tongue is really great also for showing all the different kind of organ health as well. So Carly, you actually sent me a photo of your tongue so mm-hmm. we can um, share with everyone what, what you can kind of tell for yourself by looking at your tongue. So um, you've got a really flame-shaped tongue. So, so every tongue kind of has like, a, like an elemental type of pattern so you know it could be like a a flame shape would then indicate like a lot of heat and and heat is is really good it's like a lot of energy so it could um that could indicate you know needing to have a lot of activities to expel that energy but also needing maybe some nourishing things to keep you from drying out from all of that heat or um or also learning to incorporate rest in there, so that um, so that you don't dry out mm. um, in your tongue. I don't know if you notice. There is also like a slight um, fold on the on the left tip. Did you see that?
0: Um, I've never examined my tongue <laughs> too closely.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it kind of lifts up um, on the left bit, um, and, and that particular area is, um, is the area of, of your blood or your lymphatic system, so, you know, the health of, like, your body being able to cleanse your blood, and so it, it's kind of, um, flipped up, which would indicate that, um, it's, it's almost, like, overworking itself, and, and maybe, um, not doing a very good job of it, so you could take alternatives um, which uh, there's an old word for alternatives, which is blood cleansers um, and that just helps your your blood to to really yeah, to be really nourished and um, and rich and clean. The other kind of like elemental tongues would be. Um, maybe like, a, like a, a little bit like a thick tongue, And so that would be like a watery tongue. Um, so there's like a lot of fluids there. And so if it's got a really white coating, then um, that would mean that that's maybe not um, eliminating very well. And so it could be building some toxicity there as well. Because it's so watery, it's like it it attracts, you know, water into the system. And so it's really important to build channels to let those waterways out. And so that could be through opening up the pores um, so that we can sweat them out or um, diuretics is a word for things that make you pee more. <laughs> um and, yeah, and so then there's these other tongues that, you know, you can look up on the internet as well. But, yeah, the tongue is such a great kind of like on-the-spot on, on the spot way to check your health as well. I think mm. it's got only like a – it's got like a 12-hour lag. So it's really connected to the digestive system. So if you eat something and you look at your tongue 12 hours later, then that's what it did. You know, that's what that meal might have done to it. Mm.
0: What would you – like to leave listeners with
1: you know really really joining your local groups um all of the groups that i'm in are recruiting so AAA are looking for support and you definitely don't have to be asian it's not like some weird borders kind of thing um elder support network are always looking for um people to support um financially or in aid work um by the way, are actually looking for some committed social media people to, uh, to be organizing the seed funds that we're doing right now. Um, yeah, because all, all, all this work is under-resourced, you know, nobody's getting paid. And so if you really feel called to, to engage in, in healing justice, then I really encourage um, hitting us up I'll I'll get Carly to include some links so that you can get in contact with us um, and yeah if you've got money send, send these groups some money as well
0: absolutely well Nawa thank you so much for joining us on Liberation Loops
1: awesome thank you so much Carly what an
0: honour and that was a conversation that I had with Nawa Nightshade herbalist somatic coach death dueler, and community organiser. And join us here next week for another episode of Liberation Loops. See you then.